Aloha, and welcome back. You're listening to Soul, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. As we review over a decade worth of feedback regarding Pay Me What I'm Worth, a consistent theme in feedback is how much people who have experienced abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, or both, how much this journey that they take with us has helped them deal with the pain and the suffering they've experienced from that physical or emotional abuse, how much this journey has helped them release it, release it to the point that they can now actually help others release it. What you're about to hear is an interview with three people who have gone through the Pay Me What I'm Worth journey, meaning they have gone through at least a year's worth of coursework. They've done all 33 unique exercises spanning 10 different chapters, and they're beginning to step into a role of teacher. They invite anyone who has experienced abuse, emotionally, physically, to join them in a class where we will co-create the safe space necessary to not only unpack the pain and suffering that you're experiencing from that physical or emotional abuse, but create the safe space for you to begin to release it, to begin to live a more happy, healthier, robust life. We join now this interview in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very sensitive topic to talk about. The three women you're about to meet have all participated in Pay Me What I'm Worth's journey. And during that journey, they have shared very deep feelings about what has happened to them in relation to abuse. Real quick introduction. How about just a quick howdy? Hi, I am Marcia Sertino. I live in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, this is Carla, and I'm calling from Long Beach, California. I'm Chelsea Wells. I live in East Tennessee. I'm a licensed clinical social worker with the Veterans Affairs, and I'm glad to be here. Honored and delighted that the three of you are here. As you took your journey with knowing what you know now versus when you started your journey with Pay Me What I'm Worth, the primary question I'd like to explore is how has the relationship with yourself changed based on this journey? Since I actually did so much exploring about myself, I think one of the strongest things that has have happened for me is that I have become so much more aware of everything about myself. It has led me to see that I have become a much stronger individual, definitely much more compassionate and loving, definitely. I see that. The full gratitude that I feel has just blossomed through my whole journey in Pay Me What I'm Worth. I so concur with that, Marcia. Coming from such an abusive home, I feel like Pay Me What I'm Worth has helped me love me again. It's helped me feel like it wasn't my fault because I know most people who go through any kind of childhood trauma or any trauma, there's a part of you that feels, well, did I do something to cause that? Pay Me What I'm Worth has helped me look at that, look it in the eye, and put it where it needs to be, that it wasn't my fault, that I am the person I am because of some of the things that happened to me throughout my life, that it's not who I am. Pay Me What I'm Worth helped me to learn not to define myself as my tragedies, 
it's helped me to look at that, and it's helped me overcome a lot of those feelings. Penny Worth has really helped me understand more nuances of myself. It's helped me understand some of the quirks that make me me, I guess grow to love them, and become stronger in who I am. You know, I am a, a unique person. I can be an acquired taste, but I'm totally okay with that. I don't need to be vanilla cookie cutter like everybody else. I can be fully me and be loved for who I am. And I think that was a key step in my growth. Mm, The theme I heard to all of that is falling in love with yourself, being okay with yourself. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Is there a particular tool or framework that helped you throughout this journey in Pay Me What I'm Worth that you found either unique to the journey or refreshing? For example, one of the first things that we did in our journey is we addressed doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. And when it, in relationship to abuse, those four items are screaming issues. <laughs> true? Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. The exercise that sticks out for me was the one where you inventory your stuff. And it made me be more conscious of my relationship to my stuff. I still have this stuff around me, but it got me to understand why that stuff is so important to me and why I want it in my life. It also makes my annual purge of things I don't need much easier because I can have a greater idea of, yes, this isn't useful, but it's important to me in this way. So I don't want to get rid of it. And this not important, out it goes. Karma, are you finding that that physical observation of stuff you have and stuff you can let go, did it ripple into the emotional stuff you had? You know, that was journey I was already on, but probably wasn't doing because I've been on that journey for like decades. <laughs> but yeah, I think pay me what, what what I'm worth probably accelerated the learning so that I finally, oh, duh, got it. <laughs> because oftentimes yeah. we tie meaning to things based on, you know, who gave it to us? What was oh, the event yeah, that this so arrived true. in there? I mean, as you all went through chapter one and you started addressing your stuff, Did Pandora's box start to get creaked open there? (laughs) Well, when we did this exercise, I had been grieving my mom's death for a few years. One of my most prized possessions was her wedding ring, just a simple gold band. I never took it off. I wore it every day. And what I realized going through this was that this ring held all my grief. I had attached my love and my grief and my longing to have her again in this little ring. So wearing it every day kept that grief close to me. It really, in a lot of ways, had prevented me from progressing through my grief and trying to understand it. And doing this exercise, I was able to recognize that, and I let the ring go. It was hard letting it go. But it also helped me in my healing, for sure. And if I recall in our journey, Chelsea, it also created the space for you to touch a really raw nerve in your relationship between the abuse that you suffered while in your mother's home. Yeah. It created it sure that did. space for you to get real with your mom. Is that accurate? It did. 
It really did. Brought me to a place where I could verbally say that she didn't protect me. That was huge for me. So huge. Such a life-changing and affirming experience. And then that opened up a sense of, of freedom. Oh, yes, yes. There's nothing like the freedom I felt once I was able to verbalize a lot of things from my childhood, even things I thought I had dealt with and moved on. Tell me what I'm worth or dig that down in your soul and bring up the rest of it that needs to be looked at. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you want it to or not. (laughs) Whether you want it to or not, it will bring it up because you need to look at it. I needed to look at the fact that I didn't feel protected as much as I loved her and then be okay with it. What tools in this journey helped you look at stuff that had been locked up and locked up and tucked away and locked up and buried and locked up without spiraling deeper into depression? Is there a particular tool that comes to mind? For me, the particular tool that really, really helped me was doing the mental laundry because, as you know, so I really didn't have a lot of stuff when I came here. So everything that I had locked up inside was in my memories. Just going through the mental laundry, learning how important releasing on a daily basis is, that opened up a whole totally different world for me because now I'm able to actually release everything that I need to release on a daily basis. Prior to that, just doing the timeline helped me to really look at it all, look at my whole life flash before me, notice some of the patterns. And I noticed that one of the patterns was that I would have these flashbacks all the time of those horrible times in my life, and I just didn't have a way to release it. Learning how to release on a daily basis has been amazing for me. That really helped me, the mental laundry exercise. And let's clean it up once and for all. For me, it was a timeline. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you look at your past in your head, activities and events become larger than they appear. But then when you look at an actual timeline and everything is put into a more objective perspective, it helps you go, oh, okay, this was only a moment of my life. It's not my entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, pulling shame out of that, I realized I had so much shame in my soul Mm -hmm. from when I was a little girl. And throughout this year with Teen Clarity, I became allergic to hair dye. (laughs) I had to go to my natural hair, which is gray. It's silver. And I can remember being at the hairdresser and him turning me around because as a child, my nickname was Sam or Sammy, as my mama called me. And I felt like I had ran from her, abandoned her, trying not to be that person that went through all that trauma. But when that hairdresser turned me around, I'm like, oh, my God. Hi, Sam. Mm. And it helped me embrace her and love her and not not feel like I was two different people. It was nothing far from amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
Which brings up a developmental model that when I experience something traumatic, whatever's happening in my life at that moment of time of trauma, I can freeze frame at that point in my development. So, for example, being beaten up because I was a faggot at a very early age, I never got to experience at that age what other non-beaten children would experience. So I froze. And it wasn't until I let those realities thaw, give it the light of day, that I could begin my journey again. Mm -hmm. Did that make any sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you find yourself waking up, picking up where you left off to some degree in this journey? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a frightening task because I know I made those events in my life my friends. Those were my warriors. I loved Mm -hmm. them. I embraced them. I don't want to let go of that pain because I know it so well. And I use that pain as a shield to not to get to know myself better, first off. But I used it as a shield to not to let other people into my life. Mm -hmm. Does that ring any bells? Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, yeah. It does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As you were taking this journey, what did you find out about yourself that you went, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) I found out I was several different people. (laughs) Oh, mm mm-hmm. I have my the professional me, well, she tries to be anyway at work. People see me in a total different light. It always amazed me how people see me that I don't see myself that way. But then I was a different person with different people that I was not being genuine in any of those situations. So it's helped me try to be more genuine to the people that know me so that they don't know the facade that I had in front of me. Chelsea world, as I always call it. It's been a journey, that's for sure. Is is putting on a brave face a common trait in abuse? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom's birthday was Thursday. So Christina texts me at work, how are you doing? Are you doing okay today? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And she said, I could see the brave face but the heart breaking behind it because mm-hmm. she knows me way too well, that's for sure. <laughs> She knew I was trying to be a brave face for her so she wouldn't worry about me, but she knew my heart was breaking. Brave faces are designed to shield us, right? We don't want to feel Mm -hmm. vulnerable, true? True. Very true. The only way you all did what you did on this journey is you gave yourself permission to be really vulnerable. Is that accurate? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Pay Me What I'm Worth came along at a time where I had just left my husband and I had been married to him for like 13 years and he was progressively more abusive, mostly emotionally. And in order to survive, I had started packing away pieces of who I was to the point where at the end of our marriage, I didn't even really recognize myself. I didn't know who I was. So Mm -hmm. once I left him, I started unpacking bits of me, you know, so so it was like a treasure (laughs) chest and paying what I'm worth came at that time in my life where I was unpacking and it helped me unpack myself with greater love and understanding than I would have if I'd done it on my own without paying me what I'm worth. That's Does awesome. that make sense? 
It does mm-hmm. kind of. Am I hearing you say that you actually did something like you savored yourself? <gasps> <laughs> I think that's what I did on this journey. Definitely, I got to an awareness for myself that. Actually, I I don't know if you would call this a paradox, but I feel that I have enough love for myself that I don't really need to have another relationship with a man or anybody because I'm, I'm feeling that I love myself enough to know that I'm confident with myself, that I don't need to look for an external validation in a partner. That is Mm -hmm. key to finding the right person because I know that's Mm -hmm. what happened for me because when I met the person I'm currently with, I was to the point where I don't need a man in my life. If this guy's going to like me, he's going to like me for who I am or he can walk. And so Mm -hmm. I gave myself permission to be full on karma. I threw him everything I got. I actually found a guy who loves me exactly as I am. And that wouldn't have happened if I had kept being the person I was before, always trying to make a good impression, be who whoever was on the other side of the table wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I think paying you what I'm worth is very helpful in getting you to that point where you are so okay with who you are, it doesn't matter if someone else doesn't like you. Right, yes. Exactly. Am I hearing that the rewiring you experienced as you took this journey, yes, it plucked some raw nerves. Yes, there were tears. Yes, there were moments of, holy crap, what am I gotten myself into? (laughs) (laughs) But like every thunderstorm, it builds and builds, and then it's a storm for a little bit, but then the sun comes back out, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Where are you at when it comes to the sun in your life right now? Got to wear shades. (laughs) (laughs) You got to wear shades and sunscreen. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) Get out the bikini. Oh. Might as well get a tan. (laughs) So you've stepped out of that dark, creepy, scary places that now it's like, here I am. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that doesn't mean I don't have my moments where I backtrack. Oh, yeah. But I know that I can go, okay, I'm being old me now. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Or as people at my job will say, Chelsea, do you need to turn your filter on today? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm well known to not have a filter on. And so they actually come up to me and push a little place under my ear to turn my filter on. (laughs) It's hysterical. Are you the queen of TMI? (laughs) Chances are. I suffer from that myself. (laughs) If I do something really, really crazy and stupid, i got to tell it. It's too funny not to tell. And some of that is TMI. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the thing I love about most in our teams is, is it an accurate reflection that as you've taken this journey, yes, we start out with who are you and where have you been and who are these people and can I trust them? At what point in your journey did you go, wow, I can really trust this group? Oh, Hmm. as soon as I started really diving in deep with myself, 
opened up my heart, and I noticed how everybody else was also diving in deep. I noticed that as soon as I started trusting myself Mm -hmm. with my depth, that I started feeling more trust with myself and the others. I think part of that is, too, Marcia, that you were deep diving for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that becomes more important than anything external. Right does help when everyone's diving in and you feel you're in a safe place. And did you notice the group was free of Mr. Fix-It or Miss Fix-It? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did I ever say, well, here's what you need to do, Karma, dot, dot, dot. I mean, did you ever in your journey Well, you've had your moments. (laughs) When you ask me what should I do, I've never told you what you should do, have I? This is true. You've never used the should. You've never should on me. <laughs> and nobody in our groups have done that. I mean, one of the more interesting things out on pay radio, you can actually mm-hmm. sample what we're doing in class before you're in class. And that's one of the reasons why we record these classes and we edit them. There's a number of things that have been edited out of every class simply to maintain a little bit of privacy. But at the same time, when you knew you're going to be sharing your journey with the world, Karma, your series that you've done on your page is just phenomenal. Yeah. What was it like knowing you're going to be this transparent with the world? Uh, liberating. Integrity is one of my big issues. I, I really believe, in fact, it's part of the reason why I'm the queen of TMI. I tend to be ultra honest. In my marriage, at least, there were many times where I had to I guess sabotage my integrity or not live up to my integrity. I think doing that series helped me reclaim my integrity. And I've had some people say, oh, business, you shouldn't be too honest. And I mean, okay, there are some things I do keep to myself. But I think that at least in what I do as a coach, helping other people own their awesome, I have to show that awesome doesn't always look all shiny and bright and Awesome sometimes is messy and includes tears and mistakes and falling on your face and getting back up again. And that's part of what I consider my integrity, that I show that I'm owning my awesome in any given moment as best I can. So I feel totally justified in asking you to do that too. You've earned your stripes. I did. For the women listening, we are putting together groups specifically for women who have experienced abuse, whether that's physical, emotional, or both. Ladies, I'm wondering, what would you say to a a woman who's listening to this show right now, who is on the cusp of recognizing something's got to change? What would you say to them? I would definitely suggest that coming into a class with a group of people and working on yourself really diving in deep and taking a look at all that pain that you've been walking around with unknowingly and knowingly, coming into a class is one of the best things that anybody can do because I know for myself, with my own experience coming into a class, it it has helped me to clear so much of my emotional baggage and that's the place where you're in a safe environment 
and nobody's judging you, nobody's criticizing you, and you actually can have that freedom to work on yourself. I'm thinking that if someone's on the cusp of knowing that something's got to change, they're probably feeling rather uncomfortable right now. If you are feeling uncomfortable right now, you owe it to yourself to do some self-discovery. It may turn out that the reason why you're uncomfortable is something that is easy to change, or it may take some work to change, but it's not going to change if you don't actually do the work to figure out what it is that's making you unhappy and uncomfortable. And Payment Way of Worth is an excellent program and tool for helping you do that. Plus, you get to do it, if you're in one of the groups, you get to do it in a supportive environment, which makes it a little easier. I would say, come to Pay Me What I'm Worth, not because you feel like you need it, but because you want to love yourself again, you want to heal. You know what your soul needs to do. You know what your spirit needs to do deep inside. Pay Me What I'm Worth can help you go into the areas in your soul that are locked away and help open them up and let a bright light shine in on that and help you heal. And you'll be done in a loving, safe environment with people who share some of your own history. I think that's key. Thank you, Chelsea. That's key as you ponder joining our next class specifically focused on releasing that which has been imposed, inflicted into life, the abuse. Mm-hmm. Karma, Chelsea, and Marsha have earned their stripes. And is it fair to say, ladies, that you've earned your stripes enough to know that you're going to allow group members to just be themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. That's key. Absolutely. That... Even though I'm a gay man and my maternal side is stronger than my paternal side, there are times that my maternal <laughs> side is, wants to just, no, 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 Chelsea, don't say that. No, Marsha, please. You know, that, that mama wants to reach out and take care of their kids. I had oh, yeah. to check that because I knew you had to experience something so that you could really mm-hmm. release it. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. It is life-changing. Life-changing. All right. We could go on for hours on this. I know, Marsha, when you first came out to the site, you initially thought you'd be there for maybe five or ten minutes. How long did you stay? <laughs> I'd say I was there for days, almost weeks. Just <laughs> <laughs> I still explore. I mean, I go to Pinterest and I see what else have I not checked out here because I can see everything on Pinterest. So you're beginning to see how this community is growing. And we'll conclude with, what would you like to see in your class that you would like to teach by and for women who are dancing? And I'm going to use that word dancing because it is a dance with our emotions, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What type of folks do you want to see in your class? Women who have rough childhood abuse of all different kinds, ones that feel the shame of perhaps a parent that's been in prison and the separation they feel from that, the pain of molestation, just the pain. I'd love to see women come to a class, bring their pain, and let pay me what I'm worth and the group they're in help them heal. 
I like to see women who have had issues with self-worth that have manifested in bad relationships, allowing men to take over their lives, abuse them either emotionally or physically, and want to get beyond that and enter a space where they love themselves enough. If they want to have another man in their life, well, then great. They will be ready for the man who will treat them right. Until you're ready for that man who will treat you right, you're only going to find men who treat you wrong. Or women. (laughs) (laughs) So that could be a whole new team right there. That's it. (laughs) Geared towards lesbians. Because the relationship issues are so similar. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We've got teachers who are identified as lesbians. So for women who Mm -hmm. would like that additional background, we do have that. Marsha, what type of group do you think you could just so fall in love with? (laughs) Well, I would like to see women and men that as adults, into situations that were not so pretty, that were ugly, whether it was abuse or whether they spent time in prison or whether they had some sort of addiction that they were battling during that horrible moment in their life. I would like to see a group of people that I can help them through all the back pain that they've suffered through it and help them to see the light at the end of the tunnel, that I brought myself through this journey as a miracle. Mm -hmm. It can happen for anybody who really wants to change their life. Absolutely. Well, gentle listeners, there are ways to contact each of these people right here below the show notes. I would encourage you to really ponder how you would like to take your first step and reach out and actually begin that first step by just checking in with each of these amazing women and finding out when their next class is starting. Chelsea, Marsha, Karma, if you saw my face right now, you would see it so wrinkled up, you'd probably wonder if I was 90. It's so (laughs) smiling right now. Thank you for your wisdom, your love, your patience. Thank you, Saul. Thank you, Saul. Thank you. All right, gentle listeners. Once again, this is Saul, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and I thank you for your time. If you or someone you know has experienced physical or emotional abuse and you know they need help, or maybe you need help, your first step is to take a look at our program guide and get a feel for what we will be doing over the course of 12 months. I also encourage you to read the different bios of the teachers that will be taking you through this journey. And of course, by all means, take time to listen to any number of hundreds of classes available to you out on Pay Radio, which is available out on iTunes. It's also directly available at bit.ly forward slash Pay Radio. A live link to Pay Radio is just here below the notes. I look forward to hearing you and seeing you in class. Aloha. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.